Writing your oncology case report is a huge undertaking, and it's easy to make silly mistakes that can derail your entire writing process. That's why you need my brand new masterclass, the three-step framework for a finished case report. In this free masterclass, you'll learn three of the biggest mistakes to avoid when writing your case report, the secrets to actually finishing your case report, no matter the patient case you've chosen, and my proven three-step framework for starting and finishing your very own oncology case report. Save your seat today at theoncopt.com slash framework. Again, that's theoncopt.com slash framework. Welcome to the Onco PT Podcast, where you'll learn from oncology experts, practitioners, and patients to help you on your journey to become a confident and competent Onco PT. Here's your host, Elise Contu. Hey there, and welcome to this episode of the Onco PT Podcast. I'm Elise, your host, and I'm so excited to be continuing our conversation today on sarcoma, specifically osteosarcoma. As we discussed in our previous episode, July is Sarcoma and Bone Tumor Awareness Month. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, make sure you pause this one, go back and listen to that one. Because today's episode is really building on some of the information we covered in our previous episode. We are diving into what are the rehab implications for people undergoing treatment or who have undergone treatment for osteosarcoma. So go back to the first episode in this arc, listen to that, and then come back to this one. Now, as we discussed in our previous episode, even though osteosarcoma is not the most common cancer out there, it can disproportionately cause a huge amount of impairments for our patients. And we need to be aware of this so that we can adequately treat them. Now, one of the things we covered in our previous episode was a little bit about the treatment of osteosarcoma. Most patients will undergo neoadjuvant chemotherapy, surgery, and then chemotherapy again. So today we're really diving into what are some of these side effects of treatment to expect, and then maybe what are we doing about them as the oncology physical therapist? Common chemotherapy regimens for osteosarcoma include maybe methotrexate, doxorubicin, cisplatin, ifosfamide, etoposide. And in rare circumstances, osteosarcoma could be treated with radiation, but this is less common. And so we're really going to focus our conversation today on the chemotherapy and surgery side effects. So when you Google side effects of osteosarcoma, you'll find general side effects. I actually did this in preparation for this episode. And it was very much, you may experience nausea, vomiting, loss of appetite, hair loss, and just kind of your, when you think of cancer treatment, that's what people tend to think of, or at least that's what a lot of my patients think of. But what a lot of these very generalized lists leave off is the long-term side effects of osteosarcoma treatment. Now, I think part of this is because a lot of the resources I was looking at, frankly, to see like what was out there for this episode are more for the general public. And we know that a lot of the general population is not aware of the widespread and long-lasting impact of cancer treatment, both here and now, as far as, you know, heck, the first one that comes to mind is like, 
chemotherapy induced peripheral neuropathy, fatigue, and like cancer related fatigue as an entity, but also long-term side effects that can last for weeks to months to years after cancer treatment finishes. So we're doing a deeper dive into what are some of these side effects we should expect in these patients because of the different chemotherapy regimens. So again, for reference, so we can kind of focus our brains back here. We've got methotrexate, doxorubicin, cisplatin, ifosfamide, etoposide. And depending on your experience with the oncology patient population, you might already be thinking of some of these side effects as a result of these treatments. So for example, doxorubicin, also unlovingly known as the red devil or adriamycin, is a particularly heinous, in my opinion, if we're thinking law and order SVU, it's a particularly heinous chemotherapy for many, many reasons. But one of the most sinister parts about it is that it can contribute to very significant long-term delayed sometimes development of cardiotoxicity, sometimes even like pulmonary toxicity issues. So these patients could be experiencing heart and lung problems way later for a long time after they're done with their treatment. And again, this is where it's really important. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, go back and listen to it. A lot of patients who are affected by osteosarcoma are our younger patients, children, teenagers, young adults. Hopefully they've got 50, 60, 70, 80 years in front of them to live their life. And so the potential of them dealing with these very significant long-term side effects just from the adriamycin, the doxorubicin, that's really significant. And that can affect every domain of their existence. So I've compiled a list here, just kind of a brain dump of all the side effects. Well, not even all of them, but some major ones that we definitely have to consider when it comes to these chemotherapy regimens. So cancer-related fatigue, that should come as no surprise, unfortunately, for many of us. Gait and balance deficits, chemotherapy-induced peripheral neuropathy. Again, looking at one of the common regimens is cisplatin. Cisplatin is a platinum-based chemotherapy that commonly contributes to nerve damage for patients. And that can include both the kind of hand and foot stocking presentation that we tend to see with CIPN, but also ototoxicity, which can contribute to hearing loss for some of these patients. We can also see anemia and skin rash in patients undergoing treatment for osteosarcoma, cardiotoxicity, pulmonary toxicity, as we've already touched on. And again, one of the things that is especially important that we as physical therapists, myself included, so I'm right in, right in here lumping myself into all of this, fertility loss is a significant component of cancer treatment. And again, for our older patients, not so much a big deal. Maybe they're done having children. Maybe they've been done having children for a long time. But for these patients, they're at such a critical time point in their life where honestly, like their fertility is probably at the highest or close to the highest or gearing up to be the highest it's going to be. And they haven't even made a lot of these life decisions yet. So the treatment they're undergoing now to save their life, hopefully, like double fingers crossed, right? The treatment they're undergoing now to treat their osteosarcoma has compounded effects on their life. And again, that's something that we as physical therapists usually don't think about. We're not considering fertility, but I challenge you 
we do need to be thinking about it. Not in the sense that we can necessarily do a whole lot, at least that I know of at this time, but we can talk to patients about this and make sure they're aware of it or talking with their their parent, their caregiver, their guardian, and making sure that they're connected with the appropriate resources to help navigate that. Again, I am not the practitioner who needs to be helping with this, but I can sure help my patients and their family members find resources for this if they haven't already been connected. And that happens way more often than you think. So be aware of that. Now, the surgical side effects truly depend on the surgical approach that the patient undergoes. As we know, traditionally, osteosarcomas were treated with amputation. You cut off the body part that has cancer, and then you're left with a residual limb. Patients fitted for a prosthesis, et cetera. But because we're getting better at treating cancer, thank God, honestly, we are getting better at more specific, less invasive, less aggressive surgical procedures to treat cancer, including osteosarcoma. These days, limb salvage surgery has taken much more of a center stage position within osteosarcoma treatment strategies. And it's important to know that, and I know that I'm speaking to physical therapists here, so we're all aware of this. Surgery has side effects, period. But again, this is really glossed over in a lot of different ways. So what I'm going to read to you right now is actually a direct quote from the Moffitt Cancer Center website on osteosarcoma. So this is the section, this page is talking about different side effects of cancer treatment for osteosarcoma. So here's the quote. As with chemotherapy, osteosarcoma is most frequently associated with short-term side effects. Infection, swelling, and blood loss are most common, although minimally invasive surgical techniques can often help reduce the likelihood of these complications, end quote. In my opinion, this couldn't be further from the truth, and here's why. While hopefully many patients are not having long-term side effects with infection, blood loss, and swelling, this statement really glosses over the fact that many patients could be undergoing some kind of limb removal surgery or partial limb removal surgery, limb salvage surgery as part of their osteosarcoma treatment. And depending on which bone was affected and which part of the bone or which bone was affected and removed as part of this cancer treatment absolutely has long-term side effects for our patients. So quick example I have here. This was not a patient that I've treated, but this was actually a person that I met in college. So this person had a Ewing sarcoma. I know this is different from osteosarcoma. Bear with me for this example. So they had a Ewing sarcoma that it had affected their radius, so their radius bone. And his treatment was to remove the radius. Like that's what they had decided was most appropriate for his treatment. And thankfully, like he's been cancer-free for a really long time. Because of this, because of the removal of the radius, he is no longer able to pronate and supinate his arm. Now, first thought may be, it's just for like, it's just supination and pronation. You know, at least he can still like move his elbow and whatnot. Probably not that big of a deal. 
it doesn't sound like a big deal on paper. And maybe it doesn't sound like a big deal in your mind just yet. But this person had to overcome so much in the process of regaining function. And especially when he went on to training, so after college, to undergo training for his job, there was a lot of things that he had to adjust and get accommodations for because of the simple act of, quote, simple act of removing his radius and his inability to pronate and supinate, that affected all parts of his life, all parts of his functional mobility, his independence. And so the side effects of surgery for sarcomas, including osteosarcomas, can definitely affect the person in the long term. And I think it's our responsibility as movement professionals to really embrace that awareness and then educate our patients, educate our communities on these long-term side effects. Because if I refer to patient without having educated them to this site. And this is, again, this is not hating on Moffitt, but like Moffitt, your website needs to do better. It very much downplays the severity, the significance of these side effects, both for chemotherapy, but also for surgery in the long-term for these patients. I mean, to me, as I'm reading this statement, infection, swelling, blood loss, like I would expect that from surgery, right? That's part of the healing process. But I think this under-equips patients and their family members for what to expect after cancer treatment. We see this very commonly in oncology physical therapy, also unfortunately, but again, this is just one more example of, I think we're afraid of scaring people so much to the point that we're now not even educating people appropriately on what to expect from cancer treatment. So anyways, bringing it back. I hope you clearly appreciate how much this bothers me and how much this is a problem for our patients, unfortunately. So if a person has undergone some kind of surgery where they're now using a prosthesis, this absolutely affects their gait, their balance, their mobility, their independence, heck, their quality of life, right? So again, while surgeries are getting better at treating patients, less complications, more function, more independence after these surgeries, it's still important to note that there are still significant side effects that can result in this that absolutely change that person's functional mobility. And again, even though I've been practicing for a couple of years now, I still don't always grasp the magnitude and the far-reaching effects of all of this. So it's not just when people undergo limb salvage surgeries, for example, It's not just the bone that's removed. Sometimes it is, but we have to consider all of the other tissues in that body part that are being affected by that surgery, muscles, other connective tissues, other soft tissues like tendons, ligaments, et cetera. And that absolutely changes their function. And as we know, the body's kind of like a giant onesie. And like it or not, when we affect one part, it does tend to affect other parts of the body. So again, just to rehash, to reemphasize points that I know so many of us are familiar with, but again, to bring this to the forefront of our mind, these treatments have very long-term effects for our patients that can absolutely be detrimental to their function, their independence, their quality of life. 
And again, we as the rehab professional, the movement specialists need to be aware of this. So on top of all of this, right? Okay. I think we've laid out, there's lots of side effects that can definitely affect a person's function. We really have to tie it back to who is affected by osteosarcoma. Children, teenagers, and young adults. And unlike our typical adult patients that I know I tend to see in my patient population, these patients, most patients with osteosarcoma are still going through some kind of development and growth. And as a result of this, these patients could be experiencing periods of growth and development that are absolutely affected by their cancer and and or their cancer treatments, right? And so we may be trying to balance the achievement or the progress toward different developmental milestones while also trying to rehab them from this particular treatment that they are undergoing or have undergone. And so it's almost this this additional layer of complexity on top of all this that makes a really complex picture that can sometimes be intimidating. But again, knowing the fact that we are the movement specialists, we are the rehab professionals who have the skills to work with these patients to help them. So again, while osteosarcomas are not a very common cancer for the majority of people out there, they can result in significant functional mobility impairments for those affected by it. Now, later this month, we're actually going to talk about the rehab implications when it comes to working with patients who have a rotation plasty, which is a special type of procedure that can be used to treat people who have an osteosarcoma, for example. So I'm really, really excited to talk about that. Again, that's coming later in July. And I'm so grateful that you joined me for today's episode. Again, I would love to hear from you. What did I miss? What else do you think that we should be covering in this episode about osteosarcomas for for us as the rehab professionals, right? Message me on Instagram at the OncoPT and let me know. Until next time, this is Elise with the OncoPT. And remember, you are exactly the physical therapist that your patients with cancer need. So let's get to work. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Onco PT podcast. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, leave a rating and review, or support us on Patreon. 